0: Here is Genesis 39 from the Word of Promise, audio Bible, New King James
1: Version. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he made him an overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he did not know what he had, except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And it came to pass, after these things, that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. Lie with me. But he refused. Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you. Because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was, as she spoke to Joseph day by day, that he did not heed her, to lie with her or to be with her. But it happened about this time, when Joseph went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house was inside, that she caught him by his garment. Oh. Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. And so it was, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside, that she called to the men of her house and spoke to them. See, he has brought into us a Hebrew to mock us. He came into me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And it happened when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with words like these. The Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came in to me to mock me. So it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was, when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him. Your servant did to me after this manner. But his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority, because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper.
0: The Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper what a story this story is a legend in the middle east there are persian poems that's a considerable distance from egypt persian poems written about joseph and potiphar's wife even islam's devoted a chapter of the quran to joseph part of which is this story What if he had failed the test? Probably wouldn't know who he was. God would have redeemed his people another way, perhaps. But God doesn't do anything accidentally. He is a God of purpose. Amen? Amen. The same words are said in verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian." Two chapters previously, his brothers had sold him into slavery. They were jealous. It was obvious, being the 11th of 10 sons, the 11th of 11 sons, the 11th of 12 sons, that he was going to be the one in leadership when Papa passed. They were jealous of him. They hated him. And he was having dreams and visions. And so they sold him into slavery rather than kill him, and he wound up in Egypt the house of an Egyptian ruler named Potiphar. And the Lord was with him in that house, and he was successful to the point that his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight, and he served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had under his authority. So it was from the time that he made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. So Joseph obviously had a good attitude because God won't bless a bad attitude, right? (laughs) So is your job blessed? Is your employer blessed to have you on the job? Think about it. Joseph was blessed and therefore the Egyptian was blessed. He left all that he had in Joseph's hand, everything but his wife, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. So he totally trusted this young man. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. So he was good looking, and he was in top, tip-top physical shape. This same description in the Hebrew is used to describe his mama in chapter 29, verse 17, about her shape and her appearance. His appearance became legendary as well. One story about uh, Joseph, I don't believe a word of it, but uh, Potiphar's wife confided in her circle of friends. This is kind of like Desperate Housewives of Egypt. They confided in them to them that she was infatuated with this slave boy. He was 17 when they hired him, just totally smitten by him. She just had to have him. So the ladies mocked her. And so to get their attention, she invited them all over for lunch one day, and while they're sitting there with plates in front of them and big apples and sharp knives, as they're cutting the apples, she had Joseph walk in. And all the women saw him for the first time and they all wound up cutting themselves and it was a loud scream, "Ah!" I think that's to gender sympathy for Potiphar's wife. His master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph and she said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, look, My master does not know what is with me in the house. He has committed all that he has to my hand. You know, if you've been given trust, don't squander it. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? How can I be wicked towards my master? And how can I sin against God? Loving God and loving people are the great commands, right? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. I wouldn't want this done to my wife. How can I do it to his? So it was, she spoke to Joseph, day by day, she was relentless, but he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house were inside that she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. He got away. And so it was when she saw that he left his garment in her hand and fled outside that she called the men of her house and spoke to them. See, he has brought into us a Hebrew to mock us. He came into me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice, and here's the evidence. Notice how she threw rocks at her husband. He brought in this Hebrew to lie with me. She's she's blame-shifting. This goes all the way back to the fall. The woman you gave me, she gave me the fruit. If you hadn't brought such a good-looking specimen into this house, Potiphar. Implication is there. She kept his garment with her till her husband came home. She spoke to him, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came in to mock me. So it happened as I lifted up my voice and cried out, he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did to me after this manner. You have responsibility here, so you have to do something about it. Can you say manipulation? (laughs) He's not going to do any investigating because this is his fault. No other witnesses. Just her word against Joseph's. And so he has him thrown in prison. And while in prison, the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all that he had to do there. Why? The Lord was with him. The Lord is with us in good times. The Lord is with us in tough times. The Lord is with us in blessing, and the Lord is with us when we don't feel so blessed. If you know God is with you, just hold on. One of the songs we started the service with, if the story's not good, it's not over. I love that. Why, why, why? It's not time to ask why. It's just not over. If a movie was made about your life and everything was perfect all the time, who would want to read that book? Boring. It's all about the conflict and the resolution, that's life, that's excitement, that creates the testimonies. First the test, then the moaning. First the mess, then the message. First the trial, then the triumph. Amen? You, the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Can you say, blessed trustee? Blessed trustee. trustee. He could be trusted. His brothers, not so much. The previous chapter, I dare say Judah, one of his older brothers, didn't have this kind of moral backbone that this young man had. He's proven that he's destined to be a leader. It's going to save the people of God. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this story and for the lessons that it teaches. Help us, Lord, to see you in all this, Lord. Help us to be drawn to you through the truth of this message. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. I'd like to speak to you today for a few minutes on how to overcome temptations to sin. I thought about calling temptation to sin, but no, no, that's not life. Life is a bunch of temptations. Temptations. You overcome one, there's going to be another one. You can't keep birds from flying over your head, right? But you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. So what you think about is real important when it comes to temptation. So the, the temptation in this was Potiphar's wife. If he was a man of means, she may have been what the world would call a trophy wife, right? Right? But Joseph had his mind set on God's purpose for his life in spite of the injustice. He obviously wasn't plagued by self pity. When we pity ourselves, we're vulnerable to thinking we deserve something that's not good for us. So he was able to resist temptation by guarding his thoughts, no doubt. Bottom line is, the Lord was with him, and the Lord helped him. How to overcome temptations to sin it's dependent on what you run from and what you run to right there's certain temptations we run from right there's certain temptations we take a stand against and resist but some we don't fool around and hang around we get away but it's not just running from temptations it's running to the one who is with us running to the rock that is higher than i romans fourteen nineteen. let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. 1 Corinthians 14, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. 1 Thessalonians 5, 15, see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good for yourselves and for all. 1 Timothy 6 says the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil from which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace. By yourself? No. With those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So you pursue good things with other people that are pursuing the same. The Christian life is involved with three things. They all start with P. The principles of God, His Word. The presence of God, our worship. And the people of God. What are the people of God? They're the people of God who are pursuing His presence and pursuing His principles. And we help one another. The difficulty in Joseph's life, all he had was the Lord. There was no no other believers around him. The Egyptians were pagans. How did he sustain himself? The Lord is near to us when we need him the most, amen? The Lord was with him, gave him favor, and gave him strength. So if no one's around, run to the rock that is higher than you. 2 Timothy 2.22, flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness. Hebrews 12.14, pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. James 4, 7, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So submit to God, do his will, and resist the one who's tempting you, and they will flee. Put him to flight. That woman never messed with him again. But the devil did. In tempting Jesus... The Bible said he used the word to resist him, right? And it says Satan left him till a more opportune time. The enemy's greatest strength is relentlessness. It's not creativity. He perverts. He doesn't create. So you win the battle, and tomorrow here it is again. Oh, it must not have worked. Don't think like that. Who drank some water today? Who will be thirsty tomorrow? Oh, it must not have worked. (laughs) Same principle, spiritually. You just be more relentless, and you got the victory, right? Resist the enemy. How to overcome temptations to sin. We must be aware temptations will be tempting us. Maybe you're a new believer, and the Lord has you in this cocoon. And you're like, Lord, I'll never be tempted to sin again. I've seen new believers like this. They even, they even taught the devil. I, I dare the devil to give me his best shot. Man, by the end of the day, they wonder if they should live anymore. You don't do that. You will be tempted. In the world, you will have tribulations, Jesus said. These things I said to you, that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, trouble, temptations. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We run to the one that gives us victory. So in Joseph's story today, it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. She gave him her prettiest smile, and she said, "Lie with me, baby." <laughs> First John 2:16 says, "For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh." The lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Those three things are involved in most temptations. Lust of the flesh. It would be fun, I'm sure, for a while till he became her boy toy and lived in fear for the rest of his life. She looked good. And pride of life, he would establish himself in more position of authority, it appealed to his ego. Be careful with those that flatter our egos. No, no, no. That's why if you're wrestling with self-pity, go to a brother or sister, depending on your gender, that can help strengthen you, that won't flatter you, but will help you find the rock on which we stand. Amen. We must remain loyal to those who are trusting us. He refused and said, Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house. He has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. There is a a school of thought in the world that sin is okay as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. It always hurts somebody. Well, if they won't find out, it always hurts somebody. In the long run, it hurts you and I. It hurts us if we yield. This is the mansion on Turtle Creek. I got a job there as a valet parker, CPA, car parking attendant, (laughs) in the summer of 1984. And while working there, Parked and drove the world's greatest cars. Uh, It was the Skelly Mansion that Curlin Hunt bought, and this isn't the whole thing, and she added the hotel wing on it. Anyway, one of my co workers asked me to be a groomsman in his wedding. And a number of days before his wedding, this happened to him. Our telephone rang. And he was alone on duty. It was late at night, I think, or early in the morning. And a voice on the other end of the line, can you bring me such and such? And so he was the only one there. The bellmen aren't at work. So it's either late in the day or early in the day. And so he, he runs this errand upstairs to her room. He walks in the room with the items. She says, close the door. She said, there on the table are various beverages you can help yourself to. And here's various forms of birth control, I'm offering myself to you for the night when you get off. He said, no, thank you. She said, are you crazy? I'm giving myself to you for free. Are you nuts? He says, ma'am, I'm about to get married, and I do not want to foul up my future. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We must stay committed to God and his will for us. How can I do this great wickedness to Potiphar and sin against God? Philippians 3, Paul wrote, verse 13, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This was not God's will for his life, to cheat on another man's wife, and to cheat on his future wife and his own destiny, and even on the brothers that weren't worthy of him being faithful for them. But he was in pursuit of God's call in his life. We must get away from anything that may derail us. Anything. Anyone in this case. Anywhere in other cases. It happened, verse 11... About this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men in the house was inside, he's alone. Then she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. When we're alone is when we're vulnerable, so you got to watch out for that. The scriptures tell us in 1 Corinthians 6, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but a The sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. What do you need to do? What principle of sanctification, setting yourself apart, to apply this scripture in your life? God has a strategy for you. For Joseph, it was run, baby, run. (laughs) But for you, it may be the Billy Graham principle. Never allow a woman in your hotel room if your wife's not present with you. Or Mike Pence, his principle. Never go to any social function without your wife if alcohol is being served. The world has mocked him for that while at the same time throwing stones that I could call their names and your mind would wander off the sermon. We must take the way of escape that opens for us. He left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. He didn't touch her. Good for a man not to touch a woman. That's what the scriptures say. Sparks could fly. Or if it became a scuffle, he could bruise her, and then he would have other problems. Just get away, run. He had a problem with losing his coat anyway, didn't he? His dad sees his coat with blood on it and believes a total lie. Potiphar sees a garment in his wife's hand and believes A total lie. But he still had his integrity. Don't sell out. No temptation has overtaken you, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, except such as is common to man. I'm the only one. No, you're not. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. God set me up and I fell because of God. No, did you take your way of escape? Did you run? A young couple engaged to be married. They were committed to walking in sexual purity until their wedding day. Approached their pastor. You know, we got a really good deal on a cruise and uh, we're going in separate cabins. And we just wanted you to know we're going to stay pure on this. He says, "Don't do that. Don't do that. Wait till you're do your commitment. We can move the wedding up. Oh no, no, stay with your commitment. No. Well, when they come home, they came to him and says, "We sinned. We couldn't control ourselves. We thought the Lord would help us. The Lord did help you." Through me telling you, don't buy those tickets. Don't do that. If you're tempted by alcohol, don't go to a liquor store to buy a Coke. <laughs> well, I was thirsty, and Jim Beam was looking at me, and so was the blue nun. Don't, don't, don't. Everybody's selling bottled water these days, right? Right? We must remember the Lord will always be with us. Run somewhere and pray. Lord, help. The Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. He gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. The keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Man, whatever they were, it was his doing. So he became the jailer, basically. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made prosper. Whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. It would have been a bad trade to trade away this for a few minutes of pleasure. Right? Right? It would have been a few minutes because other people were in the house. Other eyewitnesses were there. They they would have had to, yeah, and then paranoia and all that other stuff that goes along with it. And I tell you, the one lie temptation tells is just one time, just one more time, this is the last time. Pastor, how do you know so much? No temptation has taken you except such as is common to me. We must know the Lord is able to help us out because he knows what it's like to be tempted. Listen to this. Hebrews 2, 14. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same, that through death he may render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. For assuredly, he does not give help to angels, but he does give help to the descendant of Abraham. Any children of Abraham by faith? Amen. His great-grandson was Joseph. God helped him. Therefore, he, talking about Jesus, had to be made like his brethren in all things so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation, full payment, For the sins of the people. For since he himself was tempted in that which he has suffered, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. Psalm 130 something says over 20 times the Lord's mercy endures forever. God is merciful. But so that he might be more merciful, he sent his son in the likeness of sinful flesh who was tempted like we are and really tempted through the cross, that huge crime, and overcame. So that when you and I run to him, he's able to empathize, not just because his mercy endures forever, not just because he's omniscient and knows everything, but he can feel what you feel. Man, there were good-looking women around in those days. (laughs) Temptation's not new. It's common to man. Christ experienced it. Now he's able to help us even more than he helped Joseph. Chapter 4 of Hebrews, "...seeing then that we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession." For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly, we say boldly, boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I don't want to abuse your grace, but Lord, I need it every day. Need his strength, come boldly. Well, I'm not worthy. Who is? Well, I came yesterday. Come boldly to find grace to help in time of need. Now, the great high priest uses his body as well, his people, his principles we're talking about today, his people in his presence. So go boldly to him, pursue his presence, but stay engaged in fellowship with his people. Proverbs 18.1 says, a man who isolates himself rages against all wise judgment. So you need people, friends in your life who will tell you the truth. You've got to be honest with them. Accountability is so important.
2: But be it for me to not believe, Even when my that's in front of me will be thrown into the midst of the sea